Radio Elk Grove. Elk Grove School District is accused of bogus billing by local TV news. A black eye for our schools, but is it true? Welcome. This is Radio Elk Grove for Friday, May 11th, 2012. Elk Grove's only internet radio magazine. I'm your host, Denny Gomez. Let's look into it together. Elk Grove Unified School District has been called out for allegedly participated in false billing to the state. However, the report is rich in sensationalism and suggestions and weak in facts and fairness. A recently completed audit of the Elk Grove Unified School District's notification of truancy program revealed disallowed claims of over $305,000. This was for a four-year period, from July of 2006 through June of 2010. This story was reported as an exclusive by KCRA 3 in Sacramento under the headline, Bogus Billing. The online version ran the headline, School District Caught Overbilling Taxpayers. This was yesterday, May 10th. In the report, KCR reporter Mike Leary said that the EGUSD, quote, ran into trouble then quoted State Controller John Chang, who implied wrongdoing on the part of the school district, saying, quote, they asked for money for services they did not provide. Did the school district do wrong? Were the district's actions something hidden for which they had to be caught? Did they overbill taxpayers for money they knew they didn't deserve? This is what the reporter seems to imply. In the KCRA report, Liz Graswich of the EGUSD was quoted with the district's side of the story. She stated that the errors were made by their consultant firm, Maximus. Maximus reportedly verified this in writing to KCRA, saying they acted without the district's knowledge and apologized for the way things were handled. But this didn't stop the news agency from spinning the story to appear that Elk Grove Unified was guilty of trying to cheat the system. In all the innuendo and sensationalism of this story, there are a lot of facts conveniently missing and a lot of perspective thrown out of focus. We decided to get the whole story. This story is based on an audit report released by the State Controller's Office on April 20th, about three weeks ago. You'll find a link on our posting for today. As stated, it's for the period from July of 06 to June of 2010. It's for truancy notifications made during that time in which EGUSD was using the services of a well-established international consultant firm, Maximus, with corporate operations around the U.S., Britain, Australia, and Canada. In other words, most of the English-speaking world. You can see their website at www.maximus.com. It seemed fair for the school district to believe this company could be trusted. The first thing for us to understand in this is the process. How does this whole reporting process work, and where did the district or their consultant, Maximus, go wrong? The reporting spoken of here is about truancy. Each district is allowed public funds for each day a child goes to school. If the child has an unexcused absence of three days consecutively, well, that's defined in California as truancy. The state allows public funds for each student who is truant for a total of three days and whose parents are notified by mail. 
The student's parents must be notified after five days of truancy. But Elk Grove doesn't do it that way, according to Liz Graswich of the EGUSD Office of Information. Elk Grove Unified has long used a automated phone system to notify parents um, as soon as a student is missing from class and has an unexcused absence. Um, we don't wait for three days, which is the uh, number of students it, it, or number of days a student has to have uh, absent without an unexcused absence before being truant. According to Graswich. Elk Grove Unified has a higher standard that is better for the students. School district has chosen to use an automated phone call rather than the letter at the three. The problem with the letter is that while it's good, obviously, to notify parents in writing, the problem is is that it takes another two days or three days um, for the parent to get the letter. So uh, uh, in that situation, a student potentially could be out three more days before the parent is notified. By using the auto dialer system, we're notifying the parent that day that their student was absent, and we believe it's a better system in um, trying to notify and get parents um, the right information as soon as possible. So the automated system calls the student's home number every day and after five straight days sends a letter which they then report to the state. But first they send all their data to a consultant who verifies the information and creates the report for the school district's approval before it goes in as a claim. And that's where Maximus decided to change the data. When the company Maximus decided to use numbers and submit them to the state, they used them based on three absences, which is when a, a student is officially truant, rather than the five-day absences, which is when we actually send the letter. So the um, mandated cost is the, the, the letter itself. Um, and so when the company decided to go with three rather than five, they were inflating the number of truants we had and was certainly not in um, in line with the information that we had provided them because we do not um, charge the state um, for the mandated cost until we have five, not three. Those reported numbers were changed month by month over four years' time, and the changes were too small to create a red flag, which brings us to the next important point, the numbers themselves. The Comptroller's report disallowed $305,782 in claimed fees to the district. Over four years' time, that's about $75,000 per year, enough to fund one teacher and one support staff. Of that amount, about 243000 was directly a result of the changes made by Maximus. This is crystal clear in the government findings on page 5, titled Findings 1. It said that truancies, not notifications of truancies, were reported. That's the phone call on day 3 versus the letter on day 5. The letter is the official measure of the number of truants. That's what the district sent to Maximus, that's what Maximus changed. Maximus's changes accounted for almost 80% of the disallowed fees. But John Cheng was quoted in the KCRA story saying that, quote, it wasn't just Maximus at fault, end quote, and citing that dozens of other claims made by the district were disallowed. Here a little perspective is needed. Every school district in the state is audited for a whole host of these mandated cost items, not just for truancy notifications, but for everything imaginable, from star testing to collective bargaining, AIDS education 
to reports on chemical removal. You can see the list here on our website on this link. These audits are done because mistakes are common and in some ways unavoidable. Every district has a margin for error that shows up in the audit. Liz Graswich. You know, when we do present these numbers, we know we're going to be audited. That's a very important to know. Um, we anticipate the audit. We anticipate that there'll be questions, and um, that is part of the process. That 7% margin of error represents that the um, state only allows for claims for students between the ages of 6 and 18 to be submitted. So for instance, if we had submitted a claim for a 19-year-old senior or a five-year-old kindergartner, we are not eligible for reimbursement. So that's where that margin of error came from. Without the changes made by Maximus, the Elk Road Unified District made disallowed claims for another $62,493 over four years. If you look at the six school districts audited for that same period, you'll see that EGUSD is the lowest disallowed amount of any school district. In fact, once adjusted for the consultant's bad work, Elk Grove actually had the lowest truancy report claims, the lowest percentage of disallowed errors, and the lowest margin of error. For the biggest school district in Northern California, it seems Elk Grove is way ahead of the curve. There's a link to an audit comparison table we did on our website, and it's all drawn from the government report. You can click for the website and for the list of government reports. A final number that's important is the number five. The school district policy sends the actual notice at five days, when by law they could send it out after three days and get all of the 243000 that the state disallowed. Instead, they've invested in a technology system to cut truancy often before it happens. Now, there's a final point that has to be looked at, accountability. There's no way around it. The school district staff sent out one set of numbers to Maximus and got a totally different set of numbers back. Then they signed off on them. Grasswich is clear about their role in this. And while we do sign off on the final information that is submitted to the state, it was something that we don't, we don't, we didn't look in the past. We didn't look at the numbers uh, year by year, um, so there wouldn't have been anything that would necessarily have flagged um, this as an error to the person who signed off on those claims. But Grasswich says. They use outside consultants for a reason. You know, we hire a consultant because of their level of expertise, um, you know, and, and when you hire a consultant for their level of expertise, uh, generally you are anticipating that the information that they provide is, is accurate and correct. The district learned about the misreporting when the audit was started in 2010, but they only had limited options at that time. Um, yes, we learned of the error that Maximus made in about 2010 during the audit. The audit's been going on for approximately two years. Unfortunately, because the audit had already started, um, there was not a way of correcting the audit at that time. Um, we did uh, end our relationship with the company that had made the error, uh, but it was too late to uh, change the audit itself and the final result of the audit. A final item should be looked at here. It's fairness. The audit that we're talking about was for a period ending in 2010. The district correctly billed the state for this item in the amount of $751,694. As of today, the audit report states 
that just under 153000 has been paid by the state. With almost $600,000 still owing on this one item, the district in no way ever received even $1 for any service incorrectly billed. In fact, Graswich says that the state has failed to pay almost $41 million in funding that is owed to our schools. Those are monies that should have been paying for our teachers, keeping our libraries open, and supporting our field trips, sports teams, and special programs. The school district didn't do anything wrong, despite the self-serving comments of elected officials or the yellow journalism of local television. If anything, they've shown themselves a leader in education by putting students first and reducing truancy through the creative use of technology. Their mistake? Trusting a company with an international reputation for excellence without sufficient oversight. Trust has to be earned daily. That mistake is probably not going to happen again soon. You can see the KCRA report by following the link on our posting today. You're listening to Radio Elk Grove. You've been listening to Radio Elk Grove. Radio Elk Grove is written and produced by Denny Gomez, who is solely responsible for its content. Music is written and created by Jason Elmore. Thanks for listening.